sometimes we're like, I want to be married. I want a partner. I want to, you know, this is the call of my life. Okay. What, why, but why, why, like, what is the biblical point of marriage? Do you even know? Have you pressed into that? Have you thought about that? It's Kate and JJ and I know you've missed just having solo episodes with JJ and I like I can read your mind I know that you wish it was just Kate and JJ no I'm just kidding Um, I know you've been loving the interview style that we've been doing with a lot of epic guests but today you just have JJ and I so if you're disappointed about that I don't know what to say (laughs) I mean I guess this is the time to turn off the episode. Like, it was <laughs> don't good. do that. It was good seeing you guys. Have a great day. We love you. <laughs> well, real quick, actually, uh, speaking of seeing us and hanging with us, if you didn't know, we have a YouTube channel now. And so, hey to our YouTube family over there. What's up, guys? We're waving at you. Somebody said their favorite part about YouTube is dogs. That's why they love watching because, you know, we have candid things happen in the video during recording all the times. And also, if you just listen to this podcast, you're an OGer, but you've never watched it, would you come over to YouTube? Watch us, hang out with us. It'll make you feel like you're in the room with us. And if you could subscribe to our channel, that would be awesome. <laughs> or if you're watching on YouTube, we'd love to have you like and subscribe. That would be great. Jay, do you want to tell them a little bit about Patreon? Yeah. Well, it's going down on Patreon. How many patrons are we at now? Do you know? We got like 140, I think. Yes. Yeah, so hey. 200. We'll be here before you know it. <laughs> hey, quick shout out. We love our patrons. Thank you guys for keeping on the lights. And we do try to give them some great content. We just released our Q&A episode last week. Yep. Great questions. That one was actually live and we're going to do that again, right? I think we are. It was so fun. Like people got to watch us live, comment, come ask their questions live. So um, that was just exclusively for our Patreon family. And you guys got a snippet here on YouTube and on the main feed, but you didn't get to hear the whole episode. So to hear the whole episode, such as what to do when you run into an ex. And if you want to hear a very awkward story of me running into my ex, I've never told this story other than that Q&A. Yeah, go, go Dude, ahead and listen was, and join I, Patreon. I, that was my first time hearing it. <laughs> embarrassing. And it was the funniest story I've ever so heard. So embarrassing. I can't believe that happened. I still can't. Can you, give like, them, can you give them like a teaser? No, it's just basically I did some stalking after the breakup and like, I got caught. Real life stalking. Yeah, I got caught and it was bad. That's <laughs> it's all. It's called, what, what would you name that? The X drive-by? <laughs> no, don't tell them. Don't tell them. <laughs> yeah, you guys have to join Patreon and listen to that Q&A to find out more. Dude, my I was dying. Okay. <laughs> but also we have some new additions to Patreon. If you want to ask us a question and get a voice memo back, you can do that at our $10 tier in Patreon. We know you guys always have a million dating questions. Or this is the coolest thing that we just added to our true love tier for $100. uh, You can actually have a one-on-one coaching session with me and JJ. And we don't offer that anywhere else. Um, And people have been asking us, hey, do you do one-on-one? Do you do one-on-one? Now we do just in Patreon. So come on over if you want some one-on-one coaching. 
This episode, we have a free resource for you guys. We have tons of free resources over on the Heart of Dating website, but this episode, I want to highlight one, which is called, Are They the One? Do you want to know if they are the person that you're looking for? Well, Are They the One Guide is the guide for you. You can get it by going to heartofdating.com forward slash resource forward slash the one. And also, do we even believe in the one? You'll find out in this guide. All right. We're talking about how to know if you shouldn't be dating. Did you have any issues with this, JJ, when you were dating? Uh, Meaning, should I have not been dating, but I was dating? Is that what you're asking? Mm -hmm. I I would say maybe the majority of the time. Oh, wow. I know. I know. Is that, but as I, as I look and I ask myself, honestly, I would say like, I'm not saying 99% the majority of the time, but I am saying like 51%, 55, like 60% of the time I was dating. Well, your history is also very different than mine. You have more limited dating history. Yeah, it was, it was pretty short. And what I mean by that is I, I just don't know if I should have been dating because I didn't know how to date. Mm -hmm. And once I started dating, I think I had great intention in the beginning. And as I did it on an Island with no help, no accountability, no humility to go seek out like how to do it really well. Like I wasn't listening to heart of dating. I wasn't listening to Becoming... I didn't know who JP was. Yeah, you didn't. You didn't read probably any books on dating. I didn't read a single book on dating. I think I I read some of um, Meaning of Marriage, (laughs) but that that is it. I maybe had heard one or two talks from Sadie Robertson, you know, on YouTube at some point. And that's like it. Yeah. Uh, But I did. I would say I, I would love God. Yeah. And I was in uh, just a sustained season of pursuing God and him alone. Right. And I had really, really rich times of pursuing God in singleness. But that does not necessarily always qualify as you're ready to date. <laughs> right. So tell me to start off, what happens if you date when you really aren't ready or maybe you shouldn't be dating? I think by ready to date, what I would probably define that first and then talk about not being ready to date and the damage and the challenges that come with it. And so when I say, are you ready to date? What I really mean and what you really mean is, Hey, tomorrow, if you met the right person, would you be in a place where you could marry them? Mm, yeah, right? that's right. That like, if you need a really good litmus test, Hey, tomorrow, if you meet that person, that guy or girl, are you in a place to marry them? Mm-hmm. And if the answer is no, then I would actually say you are not in a place where you are ready to date. Right. We want to be in a place where we're ready to marry and then we go out and date. And if you're not there, that's totally okay. Yeah. But I think you're putting yourself and the people that you're going to be dating in a very precarious position mm-hmm. where I think you're just, there's a lot of risk for a lot of damage. Yeah. Right. 
I completely agree. Now, when we define if you should or should not be dating, I think there are a few really big things that we can give you today that will help you if you're analyzing like, okay, well, I don't really know. Maybe I am marriage minded. Maybe am I ready to get married? I don't know. I think I might be like some people may not know the answer to that question. So here are some really big things to keep in mind where if you're going through any one of these big things, we would say, this is probably not the best time to date. And then we're going to go through like, these are very practical. And then we're going to go through just a few other conversations about maybe some other indicators outside of these really big things. So the really big areas in which maybe it shouldn't be a time for you to date is first of all, if you're going through a massive season of grief. So for example, let's say you just lost someone really close to you. Um, like somebody in your family. This is probably not the best time to then go out there and date. All I can think about right now is a horrible, uh, this is a horrible reference to Wedding Crashers, which also obviously is not a Christian movie. Um, But Will Ferrell, who I'm not a fan of, but he goes to these funerals to pick up girls because they're vulnerable and grieving. And I just got to say, I know there's probably a temptation in your grief to like have some emotional comfort from somebody if you're going through something really serious, but that is not a good time to date. I can't believe you just referenced <laughs> Wedding Crashers. I know. And Will Ferrell. Who I don't like at all. No, no, babe. You don't dislike him you hate him i hate him except for in elf you hate him and jim carrey no jim carrey i hate a little less oh you hate, hate is will a strong oh yeah I, I will ferrell is like i don't think he's funny at all sorry sorry guys i just think he's inappropriate i don't know him as a person anyway we're getting on a tangent what about in uh kicking and screaming never seen it okay. i don't see movies like that that's a great one. That's like a toned down ver Okay, anyway, you digress. But grief, yeah, I mean, great segue for someone who's in grief to compare their life and story to a wedding crashers and Will Ferrell moment, babe. <laughs> Sorry. No, that's a really serious thing, really awful situation. But if you are dealing with a massive grief, like a death in the family or a close friend, not a good time to date. Yeah, I mean, just grieving in general. Um, you could be grieving uh, like a breakup. <laughs> yeah, that's another big one. I would say stake in the ground. You just went through a breakup. Not a good time to, to be out there dating right after a breakup. Yeah, I mean... And that sounds like common sense, but I think a lot of people in the moments of breakup, because the pain is, it, listen, emotional heartbreak and pain as a guy or a girl, I don't care who says it, like it is incredibly tough. Yeah. And it can be one of the greatest gifts in the long term as far as like where you go after. But a lot of people, right, you want to just hit that escape button. And one of the easiest ways to escape a breakup and the pain that comes with it is what? Go to the next person. <laughs> yes. Rebound. Yeah, the rebound. I mean, it's so easy. I, did you ever do it? Like Definitely. Yeah. Oh, gosh, for yeah. sure. But it was never healthy. And let me clarify what we mean by a breakup, okay? When I say a breakup, I'm talking about something that significantly is ending in your life. Like, I'm not talking about you went on three dates with them and you, quote unquote, 
broke it off with them. That's not really a massive Well, breakup. I mean, hey, we talk about friendationships. Some people have been fantasizing and idolizing a person in their church group for years. Yes. And then they walk in, you know, with their girlfriend or boyfriend and their heart is shattered. So then they're grieving that they didn't, like they, that they thought that something was going to happen with that person <laughs> that they gr- fantasized. They're grieving a relationship that, that didn't exist, exist. Yeah. which sounds funny, but it is very real. Yeah. Like, I, I remember yeah, I've being done that too. hurt and upset. So yeah, it can be that. Um, but with a breakup, what I'm really meaning or what we're really alluding to is you're in a committed relationship with somebody. You've invested a lot of time, a lot of energy. That relationship ended. There needs to be some space and time. And I'm not going to give you a certain, we're not going to give you like, it has to be three or six months or a year. You know, I think that's where you have to lean into wise counsel. But like a week after our breakup, you should not be on a dating app. And I'm saying that because I was in a serious relationship with a guy who a week after went on dating apps and actually connected with one of my friends. So yeah, not the time to go back on dating apps a week after a breakup. Yeah. Maybe just in general, big life. Like when I say big life transitions, I think a, actually this one kind of comes to mind. Anytime people move, mm-hmm. one of the first things they do, right, is download a dating app. A dating app. And I'm not saying you're Alone, I think that's probably the most popular thing to do, and it makes a lot of sense, right? Yeah, you don't. Well, know. They're, they're trying to meet new people. Yeah, you. But dating a, a dating app to go out and meet new people, I can't think of a funny analogy, but it just it's like I'm looking for friends. Let me go look for people to go on two or three dates with and never really talk to again and follow on Instagram, just so I can have something to do. Yeah, it's just you're yeah. not really looking for friends if you're going to a dating app. Like you're going to the you're going to the wrong place. It's also like Deb Felita talks about in her in one of her books, and I can't think of the name of this exact moment because brain fog, but she has this awesome book where it talks about the different stressors of life and big stressors. And believe it or not, moving is one of the biggest life stressors kind of up there, even with getting married or even getting a divorce. So moving is a massive life stressor. So when we're talking about maybe when you shouldn't be dating, thinking about a, what is maybe a massive life stressor? Are you going through a big season of transition? Maybe it is that you're transferring your job and life entirely, or you got laid off and like a big transition in your life, you're trying to find a new job or maybe yes, you move to a brand new state where you don't know anybody that is a big stressor. And that's a big transition in your life and probably not the most ideal time to begin the dating journey. Yeah. We don't like giving uh, prescriptive like timelines and rules, but I, if you did ask, I would say if you move to a new city, whether or not you have friends there, I would say just give yourself like three months. Yeah. Give yourself six months before you are going to put yourself out there and date just so you can build some semblance of community, some semblance of foundation before you. Because I just I think I've seen so many people uh, every date that you go on, all the time and energy you, you spend in dating. Um 
I don't want to say it's worthless, but that's time that you can and probably should be building into relationships and friendships. Right. Exactly. Right? That you're yeah. spending into like a pl- uh, something that's that's probably not going to result in anything. Well, think about it. If you move and then you start dating and you don't have any friends there, then that person you're dating is going to be like your number one priority. And that's already skewed. Like yeah, you don't, they, they shouldn't be your number one. Exactly. Your right. priority should be investing in your new church and finding that community, investing in new friendships. Right. And then, okay, dating. Yes. If you become in a relationship, that person is going to be a top priority, but not in the first few well, dates. Still, it's just you two in a silo. Like you don't yes. have a community and, and, and friendships to True. support you guys as you guys are dating together. Totally. So I would just highly, highly, highly recommend. I mean, my mind goes to like, you just spent, you went on 15 first dates or mm-hmm. 15 total dates in those first three or six months. That's 15 opportunities that you could have been building great friendship and community with other people that you've invested in first dates that have gone nowhere. Exactly. Right? And you have nothing to show for it except a much smaller bank account. <laughs> and, you know, maybe I guess you just got to explore the city would be another win. Or but. if you're a girl, <laughs> you got to get go to some cool dates. Yeah, yeah, you actually your bank account's bigger than what. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but yeah, I, I think that's actually a, a super common thing. And as, in terms of the last one, that's really practical, where we would say, "Hey, if this is happening, maybe don't be dating." It would be if you are going through some healing of some major big T trauma. So, for example, if something majorly traumatic just happened in your life, I mean, there's obvious big examples of this. Like you just went through a massively big car accident that was almost life-threatening, you were sexually assaulted, which would be horrible, but very traumatic. Or if just in therapy, some big trauma has come up and you are now working through that with a therapist, which is amazing. Um, that is probably not the best season to just enter into dating because you are going through some very big T trauma and healing a big T trauma. I think we're always on a healing journey. So it's not to say like, oh, you can only date when you're done with therapy and never healing again, because that's not going to be the, the case. Okay. It's more if you have just recognized this big trauma or a big trauma just happened and you are actively beginning that journey of healing through it. And it's very fresh and new. That's probably not a time to be dating. So JJ, what are some other ways that maybe they can assess if they should or should not be dating other than those like four pretty big or five pretty big practical things? Yeah, I, uh, (laughs) this one's funny. I would, um, if we called the last person you went on three or five dates with, or we, if we called your ex and we asked them, Hey, uh, I'm on a date with Kate right now. Uh, I know that you guys just dated for a couple months. Would you say that she's, uh, she's ready to date right now? Would you say that she's, she's a, in a place? Somebody good to date. Yeah. Dude. Like, do you think that she's in a place that she's ready to date? Or right would now? you recommend them? Yeah. Would you recommend them? Oh yeah. That's a big question. What, and why is that? The reason why this is so important is because the goal of dating should be to leave someone better than you found them. And so if your ex or people you've recently dated don't and can't speak highly of you, and if you haven't left a healthy wake in your past dating experiences, um, then that and you haven't actually spent time to heal those patterns because maybe you realize and have taken ownership and you're like, I don't want to do dating this way anymore. And you've gone to some therapy or you've taken some programs or you've really invested in yourself. Um, 
then, okay, then I would say maybe you're in an okay place. You've taken ownership. But if you haven't done that, and if I were to call your ex and ask them, is this person in a good place to date? Did you have a good experience dating them? And if their answer is not going to be a great one, then I'm not sure you're in a place to date. But I, listen, like people think we're, we're, we're joking when we say this. Mm-hmm. I'm not. I'm not joking. I mean, mm-hmm. like, I'm, I'm dead serious. The person you're dating right now, say it's been three months and say things ended this week and we called them like, we should be dating in such a way that I can call the last person you dated and you, and, and they are probably saying something like, man, I'm actually sad and upset that it didn't work out because yeah, they're absolutely ready. Yeah. And they have amazing character. Totally. And they yep. are so kind. Yeah. They are so gracious. Uh, maybe it didn't work out for whatever reason, but whoever they date and marry is a lucky man. Yeah. Agreed. Or they're a lucky woman. Now, the only caveat I would give for this situation, okay, as a person who's been through abuse is if your literal last ex was abusive and they're a narcissist, okay? Because obviously, if we're going to call that person up, they're narcissistic, they're probably not going to have anything nice to say about you. Yeah. I mean, I look, there's so many like uncontrollable responses that you're probably going to get. But, but for I think the, most the part. principle is yeah. you can take full ownership of who you're dating and how you're treating them. Yes. You know, and if, and if that person is calling back and, and they're going, you know, whatever, um, I'd be like, well, how'd you end up dating someone like this in the first place? Yeah, exactly. Right. So then I'm like, well, if you did date an narcissist, <laughs> yeah. what kind of healing have you done since then? Right. You know, it's just, so there's a lot of things, obviously it is hypothetical, but I mean, I, I am serious when I say that, like if I call the last person or those few guys that you were dating while you were doing your dating challenge and I was mm-hmm. introduced to you, yes. like what would they have said about you? Yeah. You know what? This would be fun. You should actually reach out to them and ask them what they think. Should we call them right now? No, we can't. No, we're not going to call them right now. Are you sure? Because there is a a podcast out there I saw from J.D. Rogers where uh, if the person goes on a first date, they have them on and uh, they ask them, like, why, why do you think like you didn't get a second date? And then they call the person live on air. Wow, that is fascinating. And they talk through it. No, I mean, you know what? Maybe another episode. I think I would need to prep one of these guys before I just call them out of the blue and say, hey, you're live on my podcast right now. <laughs> we, you can call the one girl I dated and it would be, I, would, I think she would. Oh, because I was dating or talking to three other guys. I actually am in, con- I've been in contact over the years with those, with those guys and everything is great. Like yeah. I, I actually tried to set up one of the guys with a friend of mine not too long ago. Like Lego movie. Everything is awesome. <laughs> Everything's awesome. Remember one of the guys asked if we wanted to go to dinner with him. I know. I mean, it, so it, yeah. I don't know. I'm just saying, but I hope that gives hope for people. I like that definitely would sound alien and foreign for a lot of people. Yes. Why? Because they're so used to dating, being the messiest, weirdest, awkward, you know, I'm just so angry and upset and heartbroken. And I like, I resent this guy and he treated me so terribly and vice versa. Like dating does not have to look like that. It doesn't. It really doesn't. It it legit can look so much more hopeful and encouraging than that. Like we have seen that time and time again. I, a lot of school dating students go on dates with each other. Yeah. And the way that they end things is like the most honoring process I've ever seen in my life. Like Mm -hmm. they are ending two, three, five dates 
10 dates with each other and both of them will leave a two or three minute voice memo just about the amazing Affirming. qualities yeah. that they have noticed and seen in the other person. Yeah. And it's always so kind and clear. That's why, oh gosh, I love it. And I love school of dating. Um, but okay, here's another thing that we would say um, for maybe a litmus test of maybe if you shouldn't be dating, do you have, are you in a good solid place with yourself like and your identity? And is your identity strong and rooted in Christ? And I know that is like such a vast like thought process because we're never like perfect in that area. But I would say one area when it comes to dating is thinking about, can you look back at your dating life and take full ownership for where maybe you have messed up in the past? And can you actively do that? Or do you often spend your time talking to friends or people you're on dates with about how awful people were to you? Do you play the victim or how awful your dating life is? And, you know, woe is me. Or are you actively taking ownerships of the things that you can control? And are you actively learning and growing? I think that's really... That's a big litmus test where I, if I'm being honest, recently I was in a room with somebody and, you know, we were talking about dating and they know what I do. And, you know, it was just all of a sudden, it's like, let me unleash all my dating woes and why guys suck and why dating sucks and online dating doesn't work and da da da. I'm like thinking to myself, like, honestly, you need this episode because if that's your perspective, you should not be dating at all. Yeah, you probably said, uh, boy, you sound like you'd be great to go on a first date with. You know? <laughs> I'm like, I'm sure I, exactly. I, like if I was a guy, I'd really want to ask you out. Yeah, you're like, I would love to set you up with so many guys right now. You just sound like you're, and listen, there, I'm, I don't say that in a condescending way like there's right. space for grievance mm -hmm. specifically the feet of jesus right yes like, there is space but uh there's a lot of questions right i would probably ask someone as far as like who are you like i'm talking let's zoom way out who are you like mm -hmm. do you know who you are do you know whose you are do you know where you're going in life like you know, singleness is that time to pursue Jesus, have deep, rich intimacy with him and have such a firm foundation that you yeah. say, I don't care when I'm getting married. I don't care how long I have to wait. I am good with Jesus and I will wait yes. until that day where I find someone who is worth marrying. Yeah. And until that day, as me and Jesus were rocking together in community, like, and I, I love the life that he has given me. If I could change one mm -hmm. thing, I would change nothing. Right. When we in School of Dating, we teach about Godfidence. And this is one of my favorite lessons because like, do you have godly confidence? Do you know who you are in the Lord? Have you cultivated it? Do you own the things that are unique and wonderful about you? Or does every dating situation, every rejection or potential ghosting on a dating app or whatever it is, leave you in shambles, leave you questioning yourself or make you tempted to just resent other people? I think when we, ought, when we do have a solid foundation in the Lord. And when we're actively striving for that rejection doesn't hurt as badly, it might hurt a bit, but it doesn't take us down. Right. And if somebody doesn't want to be with us or they end things with us, especially if it's early on in the dating process, it doesn't lead us to questioning every single thing about ourselves. Instead, it's like, okay, 
this this sucks. I really liked this person. However, I believe that God is a good God and I know who I am in Christ. Yeah. And listen, I mean, there might be a person listening to this or you're thinking of that one friend who is in that rut of despair. Mm -hmm. Like, I just want to say, if that's you, we love you. Yes. And there is, there is totally so much space. Like mm -hmm. we hope you feel like this is not a bashing, but uh, somehow there is like a love and encouragement, like right now in this moment that, Hey, w like we have both been there. Yeah. Totally. And I think oh if you goodness. ask all your single friends married as well, everyone would say, Hey, I've been there and I, and I know it's tough. Yeah. Um, but I, I just want to say like, Hey, we're, we are with you. I think some of this is meant as like a loving challenge mm -hmm. that we want to see you living life outside the rut, out of the mud, out of the despair. But we have all been there and there is totally space for you. Yeah. And more importantly, there's hope for you that this doesn't have to be a forever feeling for you. Yeah. Th this can be a temporary moment with a greater hope ahead. Yeah. And that hope doesn't have to just be the greater hope of getting married. Right. Right. It's the greater hope that you can have genuine fellowship, communion with Jesus and with your friends and community around you. Yeah. That it like... That is so rich and so satisfying. Right. And that's the hope. Like that is yeah. the hope that Jesus modeled. He didn't have to get married because the tangible hope of what was around him and what was in the future was so great. He could cling to it yeah. so much so that he didn't have to date or marry or worry about a relationship. Absolutely. And, and that's very much real and tangible for us. Yeah. Now. I would say as well to that, that was really good, JJ. Um, it's just bringing up for me that, you know, dating really is all about mindset. It really is. And we we preach this in school of dating and I'm talking about school dating a lot because we're teaching it and we actually are teaching a lesson tonight, but it's all about mindset. So if you have a negative view going into dating, or if you already think that this is not going to work out for you, or if you download an app and you're like, there's only going to be horrible people on this app then I promise you it's probably going to be a self-fulfilling prophecy and it's going to be incredibly disappointing. And so if your mindset around yourself or your mindset around dating is already so dismal, if you find yourself so stuck and like, I can't really think of a single positive thing about dating um, or even worse, I can't even think of a single positive thing about myself, then I would say you're not in a great place to date. But to JJ's point, like mindset and the way you see yourself and the way you see dating can be completely renewed if you work on it. And I'll say to, to be honest, even if you're listening to this episode, you might be like, wow, all of these things are hitting me. You know, in the caveat of it all, there is no perfect time to date. You're never perfectly ready. But if you notice that, man, I'm just really negative about myself or really negative about dating right now mm -hmm. over and over and over, this is a moment to pause. And the very least, maybe it's not a time to be extreme and say, I'm taking a year off dating. Goodbye. You know, but it's a time to say, let me have a check in. What do I need to do? Maybe I need to pause some of these conversations I'm in and really have a reset with the Lord about myself or about how I'm seeing dating. And maybe that reset is a few weeks, you know? It's not like this is take a stop and never date again until you're perfect. No, but sometimes we just need these litmus tests to be like, where am I at with myself? Where am I at with dating? And maybe I need a little bit of a reset. Well, and if that's a hard exercise, I have a great alternative one. What? Ask your best friend. 
True, ask, which is another thing they should have. Ask yep. someone who's really, really, really close to you. Yep. And say, hey, yeah, be be honest. This is this is safe. Uh, it's not a trick question. Do you think I'm ready to date? Which, oh my gosh, JJ, and we talk about this, we've talked about this a lot, which means that you have to have the kinds of friendships where you can be honest with, an, with right, one another. Right, right. But, you know, like, grab that friend, grab that person. It can even be your counselor, your therapist, and ask them, hey, do what you do you, you think? think I'm ready to date? Right. Like, as in, like, can I get married tomorrow? Mm-hmm. Ask them that one. Do you think I can get married tomorrow? Or do you think I, I'm ready to get married maybe this year even? Yeah. You know, because tomorrow is like, well, maybe nobody's ready to get married tomorrow. Well, <laughs> well I mean, but that the point still remains, right? Like, yeah. am I ready to marry or not? Ask someone who's 10, 20 years older, someone who's been married much longer also than you. Also somebody right? who knows you, which means you've had to cultivate those relationships. Yeah. I, there's a great verse. Um, it's First Peter 5, 5. Um, it says, you who are younger, be subject to the elders, right? Clothe yourselves, all of you with humility toward one another. And then he quotes another verse, which is God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Isn't that a funny, you know, verse to kind of sneak in at the end? Yeah. Uh, Hey, you need to go find people who are older than you and wiser than you and subject yourself to them, like do life with them and let them have, you know, uh, uh, some sense of authority in your life. That, right. That's what it means to subject, by the way. And then he says, you know, for any of you who, who really needs a, a reminder, God opposes the proud and gives grace to the humble. Mm. Why, like, why would he say that at the end? Because we need, we need to like not be thinking in the realm of dating. If I'm going in there being like, I know I can do this. I got it. I'm good. (laughs) Then we're already in a bad place. Like he gives grace to the humble coming in saying, Hey, am I ready to date? I don't know. Let me, let me ask the Lord. Let me ask my close counsel. Am I doing dating the right way? You know what? I don't know. I'm going to be humble enough to ask the other person how they felt dating me. (laughs) Yeah, no, it, it means, Hey, if it was me and my date on an Island, and I had no help or support or, or counsel, it, things would go really bad. Mm. As in like when I go and I date in a silo and I submarine and I just do things solo dolo, lone wolf, it never goes well. It, yep. it, it, what it really says, and, and this is not just dating, but in life, it, out of humility, say, I can't do life alone. Right. I can't do dating alone. I can't do my career alone. I can't do, you know, even walking with Jesus alone Mm -hmm. and learning and growing. I'm, I need help. I need authority. I need really, really wise people in my life. Yeah. I would just say like, don't let pride and arrogance dictate the way you date or live your life in general. Right. Mm -hmm. Like out of humility, say, I am not perfect. I am not as good as I think I am in this situation. I I could really, really use like not guys who are a month ahead of me, 10 years ahead of me. Right. 20 years. Like, and one thing, Grant Grant Skelton and I were just talking about this. One big thing is uh, because he was asking JP Pokuda, you know, he's saying, hey, does it take a emotional burnout in ministry for the leaders to you know, work on emotional health and have that kind of like, you know, epiphany. And the big, the big conclusion that they came to is, um, most of the time it does. 
because a lot of the time us uh, learning and having those epiphanies, we have to have the failure and experience it before we can admit that it's a problem to work on. Right. Which is why we see so many men come to heart of dating in the wake of a breakup because they had a big failure. And women. Yeah. yeah, But no, but so I think it's humility to say, Hey, you've made a mistake and you've made plenty of mistakes. I don't have to make those same mistakes to learn a lesson. Yeah. I think it's just totally humility to say, you made a mistake. Let me learn from you. Why? There's no need for me to have to subject myself to the same kind of failure right. to learn the same lesson that you yeah. did. And so having wise counsel and people that can be super honest with you about you and where you're really at. I mean, it's it's great to have cheerleaders, right? Don't get me wrong. I know the girls out there, they're like, Kate, you are just so amazing. Kate, you are such a catch. You, like, deserve. Da, 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 you deserve this and the other. That feels really good. Okay. And there might be some truth to, yes, there is value in me as a woman of Christ. Um, and there's value in you as a woman of Christ or a man of Christ, but are you really in a place to date? And you need to have people that are willing to be honest with you. Um, friends, yes, but especially some wise counsel or what we would call in your life board of advisors, which we talk about a lot. Um, and so, you know, that is some, a great place to ask, Hey, am I, do you think I'm in a place that to healthily date right now? Yeah. I mean, I would, I would, I would genuinely, if you're listening to this and chewing the the question, it's like, send the text right now. I dare yeah. you. Like just say, Hey, I have a <laughs> quick question for you. Do you think I'm ready to date right now? Do you think I'm in a good place? <laughs> I would. I wish like I would. I wish I would have asked my friends that at, at various points. And honestly, some of them might have said, "To be honest, I I don't think you know we have intimate and deep enough relationship right now to give you a true answer." I don't really know what your relationships have been like. I've yeah, never seen you date someone. Have you I, been, never brought someone around me. I, di- I didn't know you've been on four dates this past month. <laughs> you haven't even told me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you haven't that's given me any details. Yeah. You haven't been you haven't been transparent about that girl that you went out with last Friday night and right. made and made out with. Oh yeah. And ghosted. <laughs> Ooh. Okay, the and that's last me, thing. by the way. That was yeah. me. You know, that was, that, J- was... that was legit JJ. Yeah. So I'm calling myself out there and and I hope. Maybe we have those girls call in on the show sometimes. Man, we should. No, because then I'd have to do the same, and that's those are scary times. Oh, so you have blood on your hands too. <laughs> of course. Ah, of course. The truth comes out. Well, the last question it would be good to ask yourself is ask yourself, why do you want to be dating? And literally right next to that question, why do you actually want to be married? Um, I think a lot of people don't really think of this question, especially the why do you want to get married question. And if you haven't sat and processed that with the Lord, that's one to do right now. Um, Because sometimes we're like, I want to be married. I want a partner. I want to, you know, this is the call of my life. Okay. Why? But why? Why? Like, what is the biblical point of marriage? Do you even know? Have you pressed into that? Have you thought about that? Um, and so I think that the answer to this question actually reveals so much about where our heart is and why we're trying to date our, and if we're really honest, like I want to be date, I want to date 
because I don't want to be alone and I'm afraid of being alone or I'm, I'm dating because I'm lonely or I'm dating, if I'm really honest, to feel good about myself because it feels great to have somebody do things for me or validate me. And, and sometimes people's answer for also why they want to be married is, well, I just, I really want a companion and a spouse. And I'm like, but marriage, a biblical marriage is so much more than that. So ask yourself, why do you want to be dating? And especially why do you want to be married? Yeah. Great question to end on that, you know, I would love to see the the variety of answers that people would have. Totally. Okay. Well, thank you guys so much for tuning in today. This was a lot of fun. Um, Great times. Yes. Talk about it with a friend. We love you guys. Send it to the person who maybe isn't ready to date. Oh, man. Hey. With kindness and love, of course. I mean, if you're feeling really bold, like send this to the person that you went on a date with. <gasps> Who's not ready oh, to Oh, would you? If Would you? I would only do that if it's not out of passive aggressiveness. You know, because sometimes that's just, that's that bitter edge. Like, hey, you need to listen to this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if you can do it out of out of kindness. And love. And yeah. Yeah. I think it's a, it's a great idea. Yeah. Okay. Love you guys. Love you guys. See you later. Bye. Heart of Dating podcast is created by Kate and JJ Tomlin. Shout out to our epic audio and video editor, Scott Caro. We have an amazing Heart of Dating team who helps bring the show to you each week. I want to shout out Kelsey Napier, our Heart of Dating digital marketing coordinator, and Elena Gibson, our brand and community manager. We couldn't do it without them. Now, if you guys have never ranked us or reviewed us on iTunes or Spotify, would you consider doing that? It would mean so much because our podcast can get more discovered and more people can learn how to better date as Christians. Don't we all want that? We launch our podcast each and every week on Wednesdays. So we will see you next week.